Welcome to the Whipperwell Collective, a podcast dedicated to you, the avid hunter, fisherman, and outdoorsman. I'm your host, Andrew Van Morsel, and I'm planning on talking to you about tips and strategies of hunting and fishing, as well as your outdoor activities everybody enjoys. So sit back, kick your feet up, and enjoy this. Alright guys, if you've been following me on Instagram, you know that I'm a brand ambassador for Scentlock Canada. Um, over the last couple of weeks, I've been using their scent spray and their shampoo and body wash and love the results I've been getting from it. If you guys want good quality scent control, go to scentlock.ca and check that stuff out. As well as they have a lot of gear. The next coming, next upcoming weeks, I hope to be uh, ordering a toque and the gator. As well as I'm still hoping my wife's going to get me that Bowhunter Elite 1 uh, winter suit for Christmas. So check them out, scentlock.ca guys. And I uh, hope you enjoy. G'day guys, and welcome to the Whipperwill Collective. I'm your host, Andrew Van Morsel, and I want to thank you guys for tuning in to Episode 7. Today, I'm going to discuss my two weeks of gun season, what I did what I learned, and I hope you guys, yourselves, had a great season. Um, we're going to be back into the bow as it goes, up until muzzleloader. I'm pretty pumped about that. I've been waiting to get the prime back out. I can tell you right now, I'm slacking on the arrow shooting. It's cold outside. I'm just about to bring the target into the basement and just sit there and shoot four or five yards just to make sure that I consistently keep my anchor points. But until that point, which is probably tomorrow... Um, I'm just going to sit here and talk to you guys about gun week. My gun week was amazing. Let's put it this way. It was amazing. I always have a good time when we go up there. I really enjoy the camp life. Um, The fact that you can get together with a bunch of guys, share stories, cook some good food. You know, you harvest a deer. You have a great time. Um, It's it's fun. I think the most... uh, let's say appealing thing to me is I really enjoy the fact that you can wake up, you make a cup of coffee, you can have something to eat if you want to, you open the door, you walk out the door, you're walking to your stands. I know a lot of you guys probably listening to me right now uh, have that option where you probably have some uh, 40 acres to a thousand acres in your backyard that you're allowed to walk out and hunt on. Me, I live in town, so I like to get out to go hunting. And uh, it's something different for me to get up in the morning, walk at my front door, and be able to walk to my tree stand. I absolutely love it. You, you get to hear all the sounds in the bush. It takes a lot longer to get there, too, because you're not driving as close as you uh, you possibly can to get to, to where you want to get in quicker. But uh, I can tell you right now, it's, it's, and it's amazing. There's something about being outside in the quietness of, uh, of the, the outdoors that just makes me feel like at home peaceful um i'm sure every one of you guys all think the exact same because that's why we do it that's why we hunt so um first week let's get into her i told you guys that i was planning on uh not sitting on bait for a bit and sitting on bait for a little bit later on and that's exactly what i did um monday morning i kind of had an idea where the area i wanted to go so on the maps before i left i i was I was pinning things on hunt stand, basically finding pinch points and areas that I would love to hunt. I found this small spot, which I figure was about 100 yards wide. I was a little bit wrong. I think more was about 75 yards wide, we'll say. But um, in between like a, a dried up swamp, which is really, really 
full of cattails. It's still wet, but it's not, there's no water in it. Basically, I could say there's the old beaver channels. And then there's the actual swamp to the left side of it, which was full of water and cattails. Like I wouldn't have been able to cross it. Um, and I knew the deer weren't going to come across it, but they were skirting the outside of it. And to get between these two areas, they usually take the hardwood ridge, which is perfect. Brings you right up, brings you right down to the south side of our property and wraps around by the Bolton Creek. So it's, it's a pretty good area. And I, and I, I thought, I thought I was going to see some stuff. There was lots of prints. Um, I set up on the ground first thing in the morning. The wind was good. Um, I liked the area so much that after 10 o'clock when we went back for our morning uh, breakfast, um, I brought my climber back out and I set it up in this area because I knew I was going to hunt this area. This is the area I wanted to sit in. Um, I sat there that night right to the end of shooting light. I didn't see anything. I definitely, I can tell you right now, I had one sneak behind me at the pond. I assumed they were going to be moving up and down the ridge, uh, the hardwood ridge in front of me. Um, but behind me, something skirted me and it went around the pond. So had a decent spot. Um, the next day, I decided that I was going to um, go back out in the morning. Uh, I hit the stand up early in the morning. Stayed there till 11. Nice frosty morning. You would have been able to hear anything crunching around you. Uh, I did see some blue jays. Uh, I have a fisher actually come up to me, I believe. And um, actually, no, that fisher came up to me on Monday because I was on the ground when it happened. And I got a video of it and it, it came right up to me uh, probably about 10 yards. And then I realized I probably should video this and it turned off and it skirted around me. And then you can see it. I don't know if I posted it on Instagram yet or not. Um, but this, this thing comes about 25 yards around me. And it comes into where I actually come in, smells my trail, and then leaves down the trail that I left or I came in on. Um, I'm not sure what to say about that thing, but uh, I wasn't really worried about it. Although I did have a gun in my hand because uh, they've been known to randomly spook, I guess you could say. I just didn't want it to turn the wrong way. And even though I've never really heard of them attacking people, just, you know, you always want to be cautious. But uh, I just observed him all um, probably for the, what, 10 minutes. I saw him running around me videotaped him a bit and then he went on his way and that's pretty much all I saw um Monday morning Tuesday morning was the same thing only I didn't hear anything other than a couple squirrels some blue jays were flying by but it was pretty dead quiet at that point in time I decided even though it was a good area and I probably should have sat in it maybe another night I just wanted to explore I like putting boots on the ground um first couple days till I get a little bit tired and then I'll go sit in the stand for a little bit but uh I like to keep moving so I decided I was going to go up north I talked to you guys about this last week, how I wanted to go up north and Ryan and everybody else, and I didn't actually go where I wanted to. I Instead of sit, uh, setting up on the northeast side of the property, I decided that I was going to set up on the northwest. Um, it was a little bit more south than a couple of stands we set up. There was a ridge that came from the west, and it comes right across behind a set of pine. Um, it's a pine bush, I guess you could say. It's a fair size. Um, it leads right in around, wraps around the top meadow that we call it, so... I assumed that maybe the big bucks, that's the, that's the, the entrance they were taking because they're never on uh, camera during daytime. It's always late at night. And I figured I could cut them off maybe if they were coming out of this one bedding area, I think it is. They come across this uh, this ridge which skirts the pine bush. I assume that's what they were, they were going to do. But uh, lots of sign, like I said. I found a rub and a scrape and I found a bunch of uh, uh, deer shit. But I'm telling you, there wasn't very much activity that night we'll say um i end up finding the trail and heading back in uh heard plenty of gunshots throughout those couple days and 
None of them were actually located close to us, so I wasn't really too worried. Uh, I was kind of thinking my buddy Ryan was going to shoot one one of the first two days because it was his first time up at the camp, you know, beginner's luck. Sorry, it wasn't his first time at the camp. It was first time up, first week with us. Usually he goes up second week, like I said, with his family. This is his first time up with us. I figured beginner's luck, he's going to drop one. Um, but as of Tuesday uh, afternoon, he was taking off Wednesday morning to head back home for a bit. Um, <laughs> I kind of I kind of said a joke to him too because I, I knew it was going to snow and I kind of wanted to sit on a little bit of bait towards the end of the end of the week because I figured once the snow hit and the cold hit, those deer are going to be hitting that food source pretty hard. Um, it's big, big woods up here. There's no cornfields or anything else around like this area um, other than the ones that people are planting as food plots themselves. Um, the closest cornfield, I think, to where I'm hunting has probably got to be within 10, 20 miles. I doubt any deer I'm hunting are walking out to it. Um, but... We do throw the odd bag of corn. We actually were throwing pumpkins out this year. Like everybody's Halloween pumpkins. I've never seen something work so well. Um, all the years I've thrown out a little bit of bait piles here and there. We put pumpkins out. This year was the first year everybody got to see deer do something. Grab them, drag them around, smash them. Um, Beck's uncle even brought this green gourd. We put it out and they just gobbled it right up. I could not believe it. So... If you guys need any suggestions with those Halloween pumpkins when they're done, take them out. They work great, apparently. But uh, where I was going with that story, I guess I kind of get sidetracked, guys. I'm sorry, but I was telling Ryan before he left, he's joking around. He's probably, he says, you're probably going to shoot one before I leave. I said, yeah. I said, I'm going to shoot that one probably right out of the same sand that you sat for the last two days. And uh, anyways, after a couple days of us not seeing anything, it was the last day for by uh wife's grandfather he was heading home friday morning he didn't want to hunt we were all going out me my brother-in-law um my father-in-law and uh we were just gonna sit in the stands and see what happens we'll say and uh sitting there and it was 20 to 20 after seven and nice nice morning we had about two inches of snow it was crispy i thought i was loud enough getting in myself but i heard one single break of a branch and it was dead calm and i knew the size of the branch broke squirrel wasn't coming um it only took about two or three more minutes and i could hear the footsteps coming and i wasn't at this point sure what was coming out um i just watched the next thing you know underneath the pine trees in front of me i could see some feet and as the feet emerged out of the pine trees i could see a body but i didn't see any horns i was like oh it's a doe and then next thing you know out of a pine tree here comes this little eight-point rack out of it. I was like, oh, it's a buck. So I could have shot him right there. He was directly in front of me to the west, but I thought he was going to come out to this bait pile. And turns out he was on a mission. He come across the, the, the food plot that we put in, head up smelling, tail out like he was sniffing for a, a, de or a doe, and he walked right out in the middle of the food plot, about 20 yards away from the bait, Trail camera got a picture of him. Nah, maybe it was about 15 yards. It wasn't that far. But it was trail cam got a picture of him. And if you look, that's that photo that I posted on Instagram that you can see me in the back corner aiming my rifle down moments before I shoot this buck. I'm telling you, it was a surreal moment. I was so excited. I was shaking. I got a video of me. Um, I take myself two minutes after I shot this thing and I'm shaking like crazy. But uh, I just opted not to post it on Facebook. If you guys want to see it, you can just text me and I'll send it to you. But um, I enjoyed it. I was, I was flying and I was like, 
We didn't get a deer all year, or all week, sorry. Beck's grip was kind of disappointed because last year we got three. Um, so I was like pretty pumped up that I just made sure that our first week wasn't skunked. Anyway, so I, I headed back. Um, I figured uh, my father-in-law and my brother-in-law, they'd be coming back pretty soon. And uh, I texted my brother-in-law, said, I'm heading back, man, I'm cold. It was like 9 o'clock by this time. I let him sit. And I shot him. I watched him run off. I heard some branches break, but I wasn't sure if he was running through them or if he just uh, passed away right there. But we'll just say this is whenever I got a hold of uh, Scott, uh, he said he was coming back. So I was waiting at the camp for him. Back's uncle and her grandpa was waiting there. And I hadn't even told them this because I was going to leave it a surprise. So everybody got there. And I waited and I waited and I waited. And they just kept sitting out there. And it was like 10 o'clock freezing and I didn't think they were going to keep sitting finally my father-in-law was coming back or he wasn't coming back at this point in time I guess you could say this when I was started telling the story but Mike's grandpa got a little uh antsy he wanted to leave he wanted to get out of there and I was like oh I don't want to ruin this moment and uh next thing you know uh pull the bullet out of my pocket it's got no lead in it and um I show him and I tap it on the counter. I said, are you sure you don't want to sit for or stay around for a little bit, Al? And he says, uh, nope, pretty sure I'm going home. So I grab the bullet again and I tap it twice on the counter. And I look at him and I said, are you sure you don't want to stay a little bit longer? And I could get that look and he knew it was up. Hook over at Beck's uncle. He looks at me and he does one of those things where his hand goes right over his head. He goes, you're losing me, Drew. I don't know what you're trying to tell me. So I uh, I walked over to my, my pack of bullets. I pulled out a, a brand new bullet. I walked over to the shell. And I looked at him and I said, Wayne, what's this look like? And he looked right at me. He says, you shot a deer, didn't you? I said, yes, I did. And then everybody was pretty happy. But I wanted to tell the other guys. Just as I say that, we looked down the laneway and here comes a father-in-law. So tell him. And uh, brother-in-law comes up. Tell him we're all pretty pumped up. Everybody's uh, excited. We get our... Stopped together, and me and my brother-in-law went and hooked the trailer up to the four-wheeler, went and picked up the buck and brought it home so we could get some pictures just before Beck's grandpa left. And all in all, I think he went home pretty happy with that. So I was pretty excited that we, we, we didn't get skunked, and I got to take one before he left because we weren't leaving until Sunday. Um, my brother was coming in with my nephew and my sister-in-law. They were coming in Friday night, and my family and my kids, like my wife and my kids, were all coming in. Uh, Friday during the day so I was, I was pretty excited um, so when they showed up my youngest daughter Maddie she was pretty excited she got to come in and see the buck dad shot and uh, instantly the first question is was, when are we going dad when are we going out I said well do you want to go tonight and she said yep so we headed to the stand that night at three o'clock um, and this is one of the, the even even overshooting that buck this is the moment that I just absolutely love for two years I've been trying to get this kid out um, and I always end up taking her to the spots that I got the big stand. I told you guys where my bait pile is, but it's always so cold by the time all the deer move into this. It's like December. So like we can only get out there for about an hour and then she gets too cold and she wants to come back in. So this time is beginning of November. Obviously we're up at the camp. I have this blind. Actually, we went to the blind that uh, Beck's grandpa usually sits in. It's, a, it's down at the south end of our property. It's an easier one for him to get into. And it's a really comfortable one. It was built by uh, Byers Carpentry. Uh, Top-notch carpentry services right there. And this thing is is to the T. It is awesome. It's a 4x8 blind with liftable windows, everything else like that. You can sit in it. You're comfortable. 
My brother brought me the Mr. Buddy heater so I could put it beside Maddie's seat so that she wouldn't get uh, cold. And lo and behold, a, a doe was right there, right there as soon as we got in. And uh, she got to watch that thing and it didn't care about us at all one bit. It it stayed around for about 15 minutes. We were watching it drag pumpkins around like she was excited. I had a blast. That's all I wanted her to see. So we got to sit there that night. Nothing came in. Um, then the next night was the same thing. We went out. We didn't see anything. She still had a blast because we got to sit there for two hours and just watch we got to see a big downy woodpecker up real up close like i mean like 10 feet it was blowing big chunks of wood right off the uh, the tree right beside the stand and she was just loving it so um it's that's that was my favorite moment getting the kid out of the outdoors is is absolutely awesome and to have my wife and my other daughter just come up to experience a little bit of a hunt camp life was was something neat and something new that was just it meant so much to me you know, a lot of a lot of guys like uh, the hunt camp is sacred to them. So that's what we did. We did the regular hunt camp during the week, and the second week boys come up Sunday, and my my most of my in laws they leave Friday, except for me and my brother in law, my father in law, the rest of them they all go, um, but they don't care. So like Friday night to Sunday morning, I brought my family up. They got to hang out with us. Um, I was gone for a week, so I finally got to see them. It was a really, really good experience. I think everybody had a great time. It was awesome. So I th hopefully I can do it again next year because it worked out so well. And then we got to come into the, the second week, boys. And uh, um, I didn't get to hunt with them like I said I was going to. I'm not going to lie. I was a little homesick, too. And I kind of, after getting up so much, and I just wanted to go home for a bit. And uh kind of sucks because those boys did um, absolutely amazing. So they had a great week, too. Um Props to every one of you guys in there because you guys put some hard time in and you guys came out successful. And uh, um, congratulations. Congratulations, guys. Like, that was that was one hell of a week. We had a really good week. So, like, all in all, guys, the Winchester Hunt Camp Weeks, 110%. Great for 2019. Nobody went home skunked. Everybody's got some venison in the freezer and a couple new sets of horns going on the wall. So, that was great. But like I said, I didn't, I didn't go, I didn't go for the first two days, the second week with those guys. I came home. I was planning on sleeping in Monday morning, and this is where everything kind of turned different. But my wife needed me to be home when or Monday night, so I couldn't go Monday night. So I decided to opt out of Monday night's hunt. I woke up at four o'clock in the morning Monday, not by an alarm. I just did, and said, "Ah, oh, screw it, I'm going this morning." So I woke her up, said, "I'm going hunting. I'll be back around nine or 10 sometime in the morning and I said I might even stay up till two o'clock I need to be back by 2 30 for so I was sitting in the stand and I was going to go to another spot and uh I don't think a lot of guys would really tell you this or people would tell you this on a podcast except for maybe Dan uh Johnson of the Nine Finger Chronicles but I got out of the car man and my guts were rolling I swear to god halfway through that that said I was going to have to take a big deuce but I'm telling you right now I just got this weird feeling I'm like I'm not going to go sit up in the saddle this week or today, because if something happens, I got to get out of the saddle, got to get out of the tree. It's just, it's a pain, right? And I was worried about it. And I think the coffee was getting to me, but we were all good. We'll just put it that way. We were good. Uh, but I decided if that was going to be the case, I was just going to go sit in my stand. And this stand I hadn't baited yet. And I just thought it was in a good area. I know there's been bucks cruising through it in the rut. So I'm just going to sit in it. So I climb up in it. It's an old wooden stand, creaks, cracks. 
whatever, put my heater bodysuit on. And uh, next thing you know, I'm sitting down, maybe 20 minutes. And I can tell you right now, I thought, I got to hit a dough bleed. So I get the dough bleed out, hit a soft one, hit it two or three times. And then I just sit there for a minute. And it wasn't five minutes, I heard a branch break. And it sounded like it hit um, at least 100 yards west of me. And I kind of know where the area is. I could explain it to you guys, but you guys don't hunt that area, so you wouldn't even know. But I could hear it break, so I was like, oh, that doesn't sound, it was a dead calm morning again. It doesn't sound like anything, like a, like a squirrel or a bird breaking that. So I waited a couple more minutes, maybe five. I hit that doe call one more time. And then I heard some brush breaking. And at this point in time, I wasn't sure if this thing was racking a tree or if he was just coming through the thick stuff on the south end where I come in. But I knew he was coming in south of me, and I thought, oh, he's going to hit my my trail. I don't know what I'm going to do if he hits that trail or whatever it is. At this point in time, I, I kind of figured it was a buck by all the breaking of the trees. But it wasn't until he started heading north. I could tell. I don't know if you guys know all this. I know. I imagine that half the guys that are listening to this have been shooting bucks for a long time. But they can tell when a buck is committed and he's steadily walking in. One, two three, four, there's no pace, there's no uh, pausing, like he's coming, he knows where he's going, he's got something in mind, and he's coming, he's not jogging, he's not running, he's just, he's coming, I could instantly knew it was a buck, so I pulled the muzzle loader up, I cocked the thing, and I knew, I only had like a 15 foot window where he sounded like he was coming through, and I wasn't sure what he was going to do, so I just waited, I could see the, the legs coming, and I could see this huge body coming, and as soon as he broke that 15 foot, I could see his rack up and I could see it felt like it was out to his nose. Um, I instantly stopped looking at it right there. I figured, shooter, um, I dropped the bead. And this is where I don't know what happened. I know he was about 65, 70 yards and he was on the other side of a little bit of slash, but nothing too crazy because I never found a broken branch. Um, but the shot and he kind of like, kind of, looked like he got punched in the chest and I was like oh he didn't kick like he was supposed to and I thought I maybe scared him or I missed him I got out I looked found the tracks where he was on I found behind him about 15 feet where the bullet hit the ground and I was like oh I shot low so then I got up and I started doing like I thought I missed him underneath then I I started doing my trajectory from where the bullet hit to where my stand is and to me it looked like I would have like I would have hit him and I was like I gotta have hit him so I started walking the, his tracks. I went about 20 yards. I didn't find any blood. So I was upset. I walked back to my stand. I grabbed my suit. Um, and then I grabbed um, like all my other stuff. I took that back out. And I decided as I was getting out of the stand, I was, I was just going to leave because I was upset. I didn't see any blood. And I was like, ah, I better double check. So I walked back in with all my stuff, walked into the 20-yard mark where I stopped, and I walked another 20 yards. No blood. Tracks, no blood upset text my brother but missed a big one kind of kicking myself now i said but ah well i'm heading out now and then i got thinking to myself you know every time he shoots one it's about 100 yards before he find blood and then next thing you know that deer is dead like five feet later because it's such a small bullet and uh it goes right through them um sometimes it doesn't actually mushroom or do what you want and anyways so I started adding out the trail as I'm texting this, and I'm thinking of this. Next thing I know, I get a text from him. It says the same thing. Man, you need to double check. He says, I've shot so many bucks, and they haven't bled for like 90 yards. You need to go take 
a little bit longer steps. So with that text and my thoughts, I'm turning around again. I turn around, walk back all the way in again, walked all the way the 40 yards again, and then I walked another 20, 30 yards max. Bam, blood. Oh, I was pumped. But then I started looking at the blood that I found. It, it was a darker red. It definitely had no bubbles, no nothing in it. And then I found a big chunk of meat with white hair all over it. Instantly, I was thinking I hit him low. Backed out, let him sit for three hours. Got my brother, we got back in. We started tracking this thing and instantly picked up some really, really good blood. We thought, oh, maybe I hit the bottom of the heart, knocked the tip off and we should be dead. But after a while, whenever you're, you're tracking a deer for about four or 500 yards, you definitely know you didn't hit a lung shot. You didn't hit a heart shot, and worst case, you might have hit liver, but I didn't think I hit that because where I was shooting between two trees, his liver was covered up. I had to hit either lungs or heart. So we kept tracking him, we kept tracking him, and after about six, 700 yards, there was no blood left. He bed down once, and that was it. After that, we were just straight tracking because it just snowed, and there was no other tracks. We were just following his, and we literally went like a kilometer point two, tracking him, and he wasn't even stopping, like, I'm 100% confident saying right now that I'm sure he's alive. Actually, I know he's alive because I got another big buck running around my stand right now. My camera didn't work, but it looks like the same prints I walked in on the first time. So I'm kind of hoping it's him. I think basically I just gave him a little wound on the bottom of his chest. Um, We did our due diligence and he wasn't going. And I'm not going to track a buck for three days if it's still alive. Tell you that. I let him go and he's back where he is now. Maybe with a little bit of soreness in his chest. But those things are tough. We saw one one year. Um, there was like six does that ran by us. And there's one that had a, an arrow stuck in its butt. And like from the side, the hind leg. Bad shot, obviously, from somebody. But it was stuck. That deer was still going. Arrow stuck in it. Like, those creatures are strong. I feel horrible, honestly and truly. Like, you really don't want to wound something. But it's... I feel better knowing that he's still alive and that I didn't wound him and not find him. Um, that would have really, really got to me. So I'm um, happy saying that he's still running around and maybe I'm going to get him a shot at him again. I can't even tell you what he was. I can tell you he got guaranteed eight points. And I almost thought he was a 10 point. But until he's on the ground, me holding him, I couldn't tell you what he was. I didn't have him on camera. I didn't have the, anything that big on camera where I was. So I just... I knew it was something new. I figured he was a cruising buck. So that's the downfall of my gun week. It was still fun. It was an experience. I enjoyed it. But I'm back into bow season, and I'm pretty pumped up. Hope everybody else is getting ready for bow season. Sighting your guns in for muzzleloader coming up in a couple weeks. It'd be pretty good. Maybe get a shot out doing that. But uh, up until then, I'm just going to be holding on to the bow. Hey guys, I'm just going to take a brief second for a word from our sponsors, Buyers Carpentry. If you guys need a house, a garage, cottage, or a beautiful, beautiful hunt camp, these are the guys you need to call. They're quick, they're efficient, and they're very, very polite. These guys will sit down with you, they'll design what you want, they'll build to suit for you. I'm telling you, it's worth the experience to hire Buyers Carpentry. You can reach Ken or Kevin at 613-223-0620 
or you can find them on Facebook, Buyers Carpentry Incorporated. Give them a check out, guys. Tell them I sent you. Maybe they'll throw a discount in. All right, guys, I just want to take a couple minutes uh, for a podcast guest. Uh, just a little interview that I have, and it's a very special guest to me. Um, I'm going to bring on my daughter, Madison, just to talk to you guys a little bit about her first hunt. So, me and Maddie um, got to go out Friday night was our first hunt, and it was the night we got to see a deer. What did you see? A doe. Maddie got to see a doe. She was at the bait pile eating corn and pumpkins, right? Yep. And we got to watch her for about 15 minutes. And then she she walked off to the south. I kind of thought Uncle Scotty was going to get to see her, but only only we were the lucky ones, eh? Yep. I only have a buck tag up there, so I could not fill it with a doe tag, but it was very interesting to watch. We also got to watch a downy woodpecker. Yes. What's your favorite part about hunting? When we sit in the tree stand and we be super patient and wait for a deer. See, that's what I like to hear. And we got to introduce her into something else. Maddie got to take part in her first field dressing. She was hands deep in a what? Gut pile. A gut pile. Yeah. I could not believe this. An eight-year-old jumped right in. First, she had her gloves right in there until I told her to take them off because her mother would have killed her having blood all over her school gloves. But that wasn't a problem. Gloves came off, hands deep, poking around and everything. And when we were all said and done, she got to hoist. What did you bring? What did you hold up? A heart. She got to hold the heart, which me and my brother cooked for everybody that night. So I was pretty excited. Um, It was a good experience. We got to learn. Um, And you're pretty much hooked, aren't you? Yes. So from here at Whippoorwill Outdoors, me and Maddie want to wish you best of luck and... We hope you get a deer when you're hunting. Cheers, guys. All right, guys, I just want to take a little bit of time to talk to you about using like a GPS or something to uh, plan your hunts. That's what I've been doing. My own little advice I'll give to you. Um, I've been doing a lot of map studying with my phone or just on my uh, laptop, identifying areas, uh, sections of trees that I thought kind of stick out and everything else like that. I'm not yet into the topograph yet because where I hunt, it's basically just flat land. I'm sure everyone listening to this is probably the exact same thing too right now. But like, there's not very much hill uh, differentiation. Even at our camp um, in uh, Lanark, there's hills, but it's not so much that it's up and down on a topographical map so much. There is variations in certain areas, and that's how I identified that one pinch point where that ridge runs along the outside of it. But I can tell you right now, it's, uh, it's a really good tool to use to try to identify something before you go into it. Um, I got a new chunk of property I'm allowed to, to hunt. Um, but before I even went into it, I just looked on it. I looked at a couple different areas. I'm like, this is going to be a key area. There's a bedding area over here. And I'm sure they're going to funnel through this opening. And they're going to end up going into the hardwoods and feeding out towards that swamp area. Um, there's not very many cornfields left around there um, per se but there's tons of tracks back here cedar bush they're got to be feeding on that um, 
I don't know what else they're eating at right now. I haven't really explored it this much. I only went into the one spot that I kind of picked out. But when I went in, I saw the sign, tons of tracks, nice big prints, and it got me excited. So um, I'm going to be hanging a set this weekend with um, a new camera. Hopefully I can see what's out there. I know it's late to already start, but I'm excited I got here. So I'm just going to do a little bit of winter hunting and see how it turns out. You never know. Could be luck of the draw. First time out buck down you never know um but it's just a new exciting thing and like i said i identified this place by using um i use hunt stand you guys can pretty much use anything else i'm not advocating for them i'm just saying that's the one that's worked for me um i use it to identify it because it has a very good satellite image different trees um, different terrain all that stuff it points it out and I can find where I want to go. And basically what I did was I started from where my car was going to be parked. And what I did was I, I mapped a line and I ended up walking it. Had to vary a little bit um, just to get through certain areas where I wouldn't be uh, either soaked or it would make more noise. But eventually, using that, I made my way right to where I wanted to be. And I actually popped into the opening I wanted to be. And I was probably 10 yards away from this tree I wanted to set up in. Um, it came out to a little point in this opening and I thought if I could be right on that point they're probably going to be like I could see a lot of the area and they're probably either going to come out more there or straight out in front of me and I'll be able to see them in the wide opening opening so um, either way I'm pretty excited about this setup I'm going to be putting a hang on in a big old tall spruce tree overshadows everything and uh, I'll keep you guys updated I'll take some some vantage points and everything and I'll post them on Instagram to show you what's up I really think this spot's going to produce. I'm super excited. I was oh, I was thinking about staying out for a bit, but that moment only lasted about three seconds. <laughs> yeah, I know this spot's a good spot. I'm pretty pumped up. Um, but like I said, I identified it using the app that I use. Um, you guys got some off time. Just study it. Look at stuff. Uh Hunting Beast is a great website to go on and learn things. And then what I usually do is I'll read a couple articles there or anywhere, Wired to Hunt, those guys. All those guys have great, great uh, media content. And I read them, and then I go ahead and, and uh, try the stuff out for myself. And, hey, if it works, it works. Eventually, I'm going to get it. I'm going to learn, and it's going to be what I want. I got the old faithful with the old corn pile still somewhere, but... It's always going to be there. I'm learning this year. I go there if I need some confidence or at the end of the year if I need to fill that doe tag. It's always going to be there. So I'm not too worried. I just want to learn this year. That's the biggest thing that I'm going to take from this this year is that I'm going to learn. If I don't put a big buck on my wall or even a, a normal one, you know what I'm thinking, I'll, I'll be happy with what I take. Like I said, guys, my, my goals haven't changed. I'm still going to go for a doe. It's just... I really want to try this. I really want to learn. And if I can accomplish this, it's going to mean so much more. So thank you guys for uh, tuning in. And that's all I got for you. All right, guys. Thanks for following along to episode seven of the Whipperwill Collective. Uh, if you guys haven't started following me on Instagram, please do. The Whipperwill Outdoors. Uh, you can follow the Whipperwill Outdoors Facebook page. Or you can go to whippoorwilloutdoors.home.blog to find any of my new articles. 
Um, if you haven't hit subscribe on any of your major media platforms such as Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Breaker, any of those things, please do and leave me a review if you want so I know how I'm doing. I appreciate each and every one of you guys that are listening to this. Um, hope you have a great hunting season. Hope everything goes well for you. And for me at Whipperwell Outdoors and my daughter Maddie, we want you to always improve and always enjoy. Cheers, guys. Till the next time.